Well, welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here. Episode 35. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool number for some reason. <laughs> it even, well, I guess not even even. It's not even even. 35. It's okay to not be okay. Yep. I'm excited for this one. It's this is okay like your to life not be mantra. okay. Yeah, it kind of is. I feel like you, I know you didn't coin it. I'm not going to even claim that, but I feel like you've been saying it before it was cool to say. Yeah. Say it a long time. Yeah, I have. Probably 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about this one. It's going to be. Did you have an awesome weekend? Oh, my gosh. It was Father's Day this past weekend. If you're listening, Father's Day to me. Happy Father's Day. It was awesome. It was the best one I've ever had. You called it, first of all, it wasn't just a day. This was. It was a weekend. It's a weekend. You called it Man Weekend. Yeah, just celebrate men all weekend. (laughs) Just men. (laughs) And we did a lot of. And we did a lot of man stuff. You did a lot of man stuff. You had the boys. Oh, what, man, what are we did all so. the man things you did? You did. So I got, I got, as you know, because you helped get this for me from the boys, uh, an outdoor like grill, like a, a grill grate. This isn't like a grill. It's like a grate that you cook over an open fire. Yeah. You've been wanting to open fire grilling. Yeah. That's so I got this interest. book about cooking food over an open fire. It's just so cool. It's just kind of like the one thing. The one way that we prepare food, everybody prepares food all around the world. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just awesome. So yeah. we did a bunch of that at the farm. Grilled floated up, the creek. Floated the creek. Took my every year. I take my my dad's favorite hobby is kayaking. So the boys and I take him kayaking on Father's Day every year, which is really for him, but it's also for me because I enjoy it. Yeah, I couldn't go this year. I've gone other years. Yeah, my my core. I don't know if you guys know. It's not working. It's just a little different. It's a little obstructed. So yeah, we did that. Went out to eat for Mexican last night. I mean, it was just an awesome, awesome weekend, and I'm so grateful. I I love being a dad. We've talked about about this some on the podcast because I get the question all the time now that you know I'm older and I'm having a baby. I'm at my oldest. And the youngest will be 20 years apart. Yes. Two decades, right? Yes. But I'm so excited about it. And I was thinking about this yesterday, actually, that being a dad, I I can go all the way back to when I was a kid, when I can remember some of my first thoughts and ideas about life. Being a dad is the first thing I ever knew I wanted to be. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Really, when you were little? Oh, yeah. I knew I wanted to be a dad one day. Uh And so of all the other fun and cool things that I've been allowed to do in my life, this is by far my favorite is being a dad. And I can't wait to start it again. Aw. Yeah. No, it's, you're a great dad. And I, but I, I'm super excited for you to also experience what being a dad is like to a girl. I know. Not that I know what being I'm a dad is like, it. but I'm a girl who's very close to my dad. And yeah. I know it's a very special role. No, and you have a great dad. And I, I, my best role model and my, my own dad uh, I have a sister my dad is a great girl dad as well mm-hmm. but your dad is an amazing girl dad and I, I wrote that on your mom's Instagram she put a post up about your dad and I was like yeah that dude set the bar high for me like really high he did and I've told him that publicly and privately <laughs> that you know if I ever wondered or needed to know what it looked like to love you all I had to do is watch him because he loves you well he does. He really he well. he loves loves his kids, but he's a great dad. And I didn't get to see him this year because I'm grounded from traveling now. But um, yeah, I'm. Does that a, feel? Do you feel trapped that you can't travel <laughs> or go anywhere? 
Um, it's a little weird. It, you know, we talked about our vacation. Normally, like we're big beach summer vacationers. Mm-hmm. Um, we will find any excuse to get to the beach. And um, this year, like we had, we had two weeks off. We we're like, oh, we'll just, you know, pop down to wherever for a few days. Nope. Um, so I don't like that part. I don't like being told I can't go places. Um, you don't like being told much of anything. <laughs> probably true. <laughs> probably true. But like, oh, in the summer when you're like, everyone else is going on vacations and you're just like itching. Yeah. I don't get to go. You and the boys have a, a lake vacation coming up, which is going to be so fun. Um, but even that one, I'm sitting out. So it's yeah. just like, that's okay. It's okay. It's a season. It's a short season. And the reward at the end of it is huge. True. I mean, hopefully she's not huge, but. <laughs> The reward is massive. We want to be a normal size. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Oh, man. Well, happy Father's Day. Thank you. It really was. I'm I'm sorry if I seem distracted. (laughs) I just have all these memories of thinking back over this past weekend. It was just so much fun. Also, I'm distracted because this cat, you can now see the the cat's actually behind me. And so you can see if you're watching on YouTube. We're still trying to train our cat to keep him inside and it's a disaster <laughs> and it's something about every time we start this podcast he's been walking between my legs he jumped up on the side table that my mic's mm-hmm. attached to now he's on the couch right behind me <laughs> just like he's just like staring he wants to be a part of it yeah he does that's okay hopefully he's quiet he will oh tighten. man all quiet. right it's okay to not be okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, okay so that's a phrase as you already kind of referenced that i i said for a long time in the church uh, that i started I don't know how long ago that that was now, 17 years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. But this idea of uh, it's okay to not be okay, and it, because I felt like we had to normalize in the church that you didn't have to be at a certain place at a certain time in yeah. your journey, that we're all on a journey, and wherever you are right now, it's okay for you to be there. Right. It's okay to not be okay. And so I wanted to help create environments where people could just be real and honest. And, and these days you hear that phrase in lots of churches, Back then, it was a pretty novel thing, a new idea, but, but now you hear it all the time. It's okay to not be okay, and, and I see that on church logos and church walls everywhere. Even, like, non-church. Yeah. Like, you, I see it on Instagram everywhere. It's, like, such an—even just, like, in the movement of mental health, like, it's okay to, you know, be in certain—maybe you're depressed, maybe, well, you know, whatever it yeah. is. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of spread everywhere, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, it has, and— and like most little phrases like that, you know, sometimes people know what that means and know how to actually create that environment, and sometimes it's just words. Yeah. And I saw something the other day This kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, no offense to this church. I'm, there's probably a lot of churches that have now said this, but they added to the phrase, so they'll say it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. Mm. And I don't like that. And I'll tell you why I don't like that, and I just think it's a load of crap, to be honest with you, because what that essentially is saying is that there's healthy and there's unhealthy there's broken and there's fixed there's good people and there's bad people Mm. and the other day i read this quote it floored me and it's Mm. kind of what inspired this whole podcast but the quote said this it's from a lady i can't even pronounce her name or i would it's like resma manikim Something like that. That was a Maybe. good shot, I, yeah. I think I might have nailed that <laughs> on accident, but <laughs> this is what she wrote. I thought this was great. It said, in today's America, we tend to think of healing as something binary. Either we're broken or we're healed from that brokenness. But that's not how healing operates, and it's almost never how human growth works. More often, healing and growth take place on a continuum with innumerable points between utter brokenness and total health. So true. I was like, Yes. 
so that, true. That is so true. And because when you look at healing as it's binary, again, you're either broken or you're healed. You're okay or you're not okay. And I think what that does then is it forces people to project that they're a lot healthier than they actually are. Because what your ego is always going to do, if there's only two categories, healthy, not healthy, right? Okay, not okay. The ego is always going to want to protect itself and sure. say, well, I'm okay. Don't, Especially in the church. Right. I, mm-hmm. I'm okay. I'm, I'm healthy, right? And, and you're going to project that. Um, and, and then once you make that decision, here's what happens. Once, you know, you side with the ego of I'm okay or I'm healthy, I'm good. Um, what then happens is you intuitively know you're not. So what you have to do is, uh, I love this phrase, you, uh, you're going to redirect your eyes to somebody else's paper, you're going to compare yourself to them, and you're going to find somebody out there that is a lot more broken than you currently are, mm-hmm. and you're going to say, well, look at them, that's broken, mm-hmm. that's unhealthy, me, I'm good. Like, and I, then the I'm domino right. effect happens. And then, yep, yeah. it always is going to lead to judging others. What's so interesting to me Everything that I can understand from scripture, so if you come from a, a Christian background and, you know, have grown up kind of hearing stories from the Bible and such, like, everything I can tell is that all God appears to want from us is honesty and humility. Mm. That's it. Honesty and humility. So, like, there's a couple stories that Jesus told that, for me, just it's it's so obvious. Prodigal son would be one. We've talked about that on the podcast before. It's my favorite story in the Bible, mm-hmm. where the son returns back after like blowing all of his dad's money, and the dad runs to him and welcomes him home. And then there's a confront- confrontation between the prodigal son and the elder brother, who, by all standards, was the good one, right? Right. And and but in the story, it gets flipped. And the one that's really honored in the story is the one that appears to get it all wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's because it wasn't about getting it all right. It was about honesty and humility, which is what the prodigal son had. He said, listen, I, I messed up. I screwed up. I'm not okay. Right? And there's another story that Jesus tells uh, just a couple chapters later in the book of Luke uh, about a tax collector and a Pharisee. And the Pharisee is like this religious leader type person who says this prayer in front of everybody about, you know, uh, he thanks God that he's not like other people and he's not like the robbers and the evildoers and adulterers or even like the tax collector. And he talks about how good he is at fasting and all his spiritual disciplines, right? And then this tax collector says, stood at a distance and he just prayed this very simple prayer. It said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And what Jesus says at the end of the story is, I tell you, the man... Uh, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God, talking about the tax collector who just said this simple prayer, I'm a sinner, messed up. And, and I, I love those two stories because in each story, the one who did wrong ends up being right simply because he's honest and he's humble about it. Like that That's ultimately what God wants. The one who is formally right ends up being terribly wrong because he's proud of himself and his own performance. And so I don't like... I don't know how we've been able to miss this point that ultimately that's what God's looking for is just humility and honesty. And I suspect the reason we've missed the point is because, again, our ego wants to think well of itself and deny that we all still have work to do. Mm -hmm. So like you were saying earlier, the whole quote of it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. Like saying it's not okay to stay there means that you can't be in this ever 
present state of like we're never we're never going to be fully healed or right. you know like that's what i'm saying it, that that's when you add on to that statement essentially what you're saying is there's good and bad you know there's a good person there's a bad person there's a healthy person there's an unhealthy person we're all when we're all in healing our whole life and the the moment you think all of a sudden you've got it all together mm-hmm Right. First of all, the only way you're going to think that is by comparing yourself to somebody else. Because we all know, like, when we're really honest with ourselves, we don't have it all together. Yeah. So it has to be okay to not be okay. Yeah. So that's, I, I mean, that. okay. So I, just, I don't know. I just, I think the only thing most of us need when it, when it comes to growth is humility to know that there's a need for growth. Yeah. That's all we need. That's it. That's the bottom line is we just, we, we have to have the humility to know that we need growth. If you don't have that, you're not growing. And yeah, I mean, I just think about the amount of health we could see in the church if everyone had that mentality mm-hmm. that we're all on this evolution of growth and all on this evolution of like healing and progress and that we're never there. Like yeah. we're never going to be there. But like, I think you're right. It, it, it's almost like that first quote to me sound makes it immediately sound like it's not okay to not be okay because you're telling me that it's not okay to stay there so somehow like you're rising yourself over me in an immediate i don't know that's i just i love if if we could all be in that mental space of knowing everyone's working on something you know and everyone's struggling with something yeah, and I, and I, listen, whatever issues you're trying to work through, I hope there is growth. I hope there is transformation. Absolutely. I hope yeah. you don't stay at rock bottom, right? Yeah. At the same time, though, just because you get growth in one area of your life, it's like spinning plates. It's right, like, right, right. It, yeah, it doesn't mean to sit stagnant in an unhealthy place. It's like, that's a totally of, different. I, yeah, I made it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I like, so if I could, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to go on this rant. I'll maybe regret it. We'll delete it if we have to delete it. But, <laughs> I just think I'm, I'm going to pick on the Christian church for a minute because that's my background, so I feel like I can. Or <laughs> I'm not going to pick on any other world religions or spiritual movements or anything. But I just think if I can pick on the Christian church for a minute, that I think most people in the Christian church learned at some point that they have to pretend like they have it all together. Um, now, in the church, one thing we are good about is like we'll say. It, it's okay to not be okay previous uh, before you become a part of the church, right? So before you become a part of the church and you get, I'm going to put this in quotation marks, before you get saved, right? You can sell drugs, you can kill people, you can beat your wife or your husband or whatever. In fact, the worse, the better, as long as it happened pre you coming to the church, right? And, and I mean, we will make you the freaking poster boy, poster girl, based on how bad you were, right, before you came to church. So we, we're, we're cool with that. But then there's this idea, once you're in the church, and this is usually an unspoken expectation, right? N- nobody's going to stand up there and probably say this. Well, some would. But for the most part, it's an unspoken expectation that once you're a part of the church, once you're in the church, once you're a Christian, don't be a pain, don't ask questions, don't cry out for help, don't make us look bad. Pretend if you have to pretend, fake it if you have to fake it, but you're a Christian now and you better have your crap together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you going to make me delete it? <laughs> no, I won't make you delete it, I will, but what I'm saying, what I'm thinking is this is not every church, this is not every leader, but it is very, very common. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm not, listen, I, 
I, I still believe that there's nothing more fantastic than when the church is healthy. Yes. And yes. and creates environments where it's okay to not be okay. You're saying unhealth, yeah. You know, like I, 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 that's a beautiful thing. But let's also be honest: the church, and this would be true of every world religion, is made up of people, broken yeah. human people. And so, the or as an organization, we just don't always get it get it right. Or, or and also don't know what to do with the brokenness. No, don't you don't know what to do with that? Like if you know your top volunteer is going through a divorce because he's been on drugs and had an affair and all these things, like yep. you. You then have to somehow, the church has to somehow reason that, or yeah. or come like, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, like well, he was never a Christian in the first place, or he wouldn't have done, you know. And, and then we start explaining things away. Again, the, my point is, somehow we have communicated this message that you know. Again, pretend if you have to pretend, fake if you have to fake, but don't be real and honest about the fact that you're still a messed up human. Mm-hmm. Christians tend to have very little ability to carry the idea for the need of ongoing transformation. Right? Yeah. We tend to think that once you've become once a Christian, you get to this pinnacle. You've been saved, you're transformed, you're not going to struggle with you any don't of make that mistakes stuff anymore. Now. Right. Yeah. And I just think it's much easier to see things and people as all good or as all bad rather than the reality that we're all somewhere in between, mm-hmm. right? And I think this is a constant dilemma for the church. And, you know, and it probably always will be, again, because we're, we're human people with egos and, and all of that stuff. But I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see us make more progress in this area. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think there have been times where I've even experienced like either whether it's on Instagram or just people I know or hearing it from a stage talking about like they, you, they say the words, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And, or they, they say we're all broken or they say we're all like struggling, but then there's no reinforcement of that. And I think that's the part that we're talking about is like, yeah. it's that humility and honesty of both being humble enough to acknowledge it and know that we're all in that spot and honest enough to say that we actually are not just, Oh yeah, we're all broken, but then you turn around and you notice that the one guy that just went through a divorce is no longer able to volunteer on the yeah. grieving team. Like it's just, I don't know. I, and again, this is not this is not every church, this is not every leader, but the unhealth in the church often shows its face through this. Yeah. And again, I, it's always going to be a struggle, I think, but I yeah. I'd, I'd like to see us get to a place and I'd like to see us create Jordan the kind of community where the fact that people screw up is no surprise. Mm-hmm. No surprise at all. Yeah. In fact, that people screw up is just an opportunity for compassion and forgiveness. Love. Yes, because see, what I, what I think, and this is the, the whole thing about growth, is we actually need conflicts. We need relationship difficulties. We actually need moral failures. Mm-hmm. We need defeats to our ego. Or we'll have no way to ever spot and track the areas of our life where we need growth. Those things, right, that we often call failures, they are necessary mirrors mm-hmm. that we need to see the areas where we want to continue to grow to become the people that deep down inside we know God created us to be. Yep. And we can't go through those things and actually grow from them if we can't be honest about them. That's right. And it's a double whammy for those who 
would consider themselves to be leaders in religious mm-hmm. movements. It's a whole nother. <laughs> it's it's whole a nother whole topic. nother level of pressure of not feeling like it's okay to not be okay. Huh. But they're no different either. No different whatsoever. And so, you know, um, so I'm going to double down on the statement, it's okay to not be okay. I think I've made that point. Made, yep. But I, w- I would expand it. I would not expand it in the way it's been expanded in most circles. I would say this, it's okay to not be okay. And it's also okay for others around me to not be okay. Yeah. And we, we often have that, that problem as well. Because if you, you don't believe it's okay for you to not be okay, you're not going to believe it's okay for the people around you to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just, I think that's so important. There's another quote. Can I give you one more quote yeah. that I read that kind of tied into this? Uh, I can't pronounce this person's name either. <laughs> Pima? Pima Codrum? I butchered that one. The first one, I, I somehow I nailed that, but I butchered that one. Pima. That Why is good. it that the best quotes come from people who can't even pronounce their names? Never John Smith. All right, Pima. No, or, or Let's Pete hear Wilson. from Pima. Okay. She, I think it's a she, okay. wrote this. I just saw this the other day. Compassion is not a relationship between the healer and the wounded. It's a relationship between equals. Only when we know our own darkness well can we be present with the darkness of others. Mm-hmm. Compassion becomes real when we recognize our shared humanity. And so that's so why good. it's okay to not be okay, and it's okay for the others around me to not be okay. Because my relationship with the people around me is never healer and wounded. Because that's an immediate, it's, it's judgment, it's not compassion. Right, right, no, it's it's. For all, and all of our relationships that we have, everybody around us, it's wounded to wounded. And, and when you see that, that's where true compassion kind of flows out. Everything else is more like pity it, and, a, and, and a hidden judgment, honestly. Yeah. Even if the judgment isn't explicitly stated, it's there. But think about you, your honesty about your struggles. You're going to be the most honest with somebody who you feel like is equally as broken or For at sure. least at least communicates that you know like it, it is as soon as you position yourself as like i'm gonna help you mm-hmm. like i'm up here you're not gonna get the honest truth yeah. you're not gonna get what really this person needs and i don't know i i love that idea of like compassion requires this mutual understanding that you're both a work in progress yeah you've heard me say this before about churches and pastors, since, um, you know, over these past five years, I've said, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll never be a part of a church community where the pastor doesn't have a limp. Mm-hmm. Like, I need, because I, I need to know, like, that he's been through some stuff and that it's not this, they're the healer and we're all the wounded. It's, yeah. we're all wounded. Yeah. Like, uh, and I love that. Leaders with a limp. Yeah. That's so true. So, man, I better stop. I'm going to get myself in more <laughs> trouble than I already have. And I'm still no. not convinced that any of you guys will ever hear this because you may make me delete it. No, I, I think it's good. And I like, I know your heart behind it. I think people who know you know your heart behind it. It's not this like hate the church <laughs> statement. No. It's no. just about like how we improve the health of the community that we can establish through a church and helping people people all gather and understand that we're all work in progress. And I don't want to pick on the Christian church either. My guess is that this happens in in all religions to some degree. I'm just just giving you my background and and my knowledge point inside of that. I think it's any institution that has any bit of moral code. Probably, yeah. I think that's true for school, for any church, for any sort of like communities. Anyway, yeah. No, I, I think it's really good and it's needed. 
and it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, and I needed that reminder because I've sensed lately a little judgmentalism <laughs> from me about some people around me who I just see some brokenness in them. And my the tendency for me lately has been to look at them as I'm the healer and they're the wounded. I'm okay and they're not okay. I need to be reminded it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay for them not to be okay. And I can't microwave transformation in their life. It doesn't happen that way. So there's got to be grace for that. Yeah. And a lot of the people that like I feel convicted about like looking at, maybe they're still in the church or claim to be in the church. They actually have a ton of hurt that they're not able to, or don't feel free to admit and talk through. So like, there's a whole nother level of compassion there. Yeah. Where you just feel like, okay, Jordan, like stop pointing a finger and thinking that they're so judgmental and what a hypocrite for saying this. They're just in the same boat in a, but going in a different direction. Like they have the hurt, they have the, um, this baggage that they feel like they can't talk about honestly. And so like, you know, in my brain, I'm like, they're the ones that are causing this. But then I'm also like, they're equally as in pain and equally as struggling with something they feel like they can't be honest with. So it's just, that just shows you like how much of a domino effect all of this is. So I don't know. I just, I wish we could all embody this and kumbaya together. Yeah. We're getting there. (laughs) We're getting there. We're getting there. And again, at the end of the day, what we, it has to start with you with us right I mean and that's true of everybody listening to this it starts with you yeah. and working on this in your own life and then it just kind of multiplies out from there yeah it's good good it's, talk it's a good talk it's a good talk um, share this guys rate subscribe if you enjoy it um, as always we have a little treat if you do um, give us a rating on iTunes you can shoot us a picture of your rating on iTunes to info at theplaceforgood.com and we'll shoot you a 30-day journal. It's called 30 Days of Good, um, just kind of to get your day on a, a, the good foot. So, um, yeah, we, we love that journal, and you guys have been continuing to email us. So um, we have it as long as you want it. So um, reach out to us at info at theplaceforgood.com, and uh, we will get you that journal. I love that. You're pretty. Thanks. So are you. You ready to have this baby? Yes. Ooh. I'm so ready. We are. We are T minus. Potentially five weeks could be less. We'll see. Yes, let's go. We'll see. I'm ready to meet this baby. Clock's ticking. All right. Until then, hey, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. <laughs>